It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Hockey News Action Show presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. Sitting across from me is the lovely future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We've got a big weekend. Big, big set of games coming. Yeah, we got a huge weekend coming up. We're going to be here to tee up some of the biggest games. There's 14 games coming up on Saturday, which is ho- uh, Hockey Day in Canada. Um, three all Canadian matchups are happening on that day. Uh, so we, we can't get to all 14, obviously. We're going to tee up some of the biggest and also go through some potential shot props, some point props. We're going to get you all set uh, for the biggest action of the day. Why don't we start off, Rachel, with the piece de resistance. Uh, I would say the real sort of the main course of the day is Toronto and Montreal. Always a close game here between these two teams. Yeah, so obviously these two teams are um, in different places in the NHL standings right now. Toronto is obviously near the top. Montreal is um, doing better than last year, but still obviously not uh, anywhere near a playoff spot. But what's interesting is like Montreal plus one and a half has hit in the last eight games that they've played. And Montreal has won uh, a few of those games. So that's a that's something that I would look at. It's hit in eight straight. Uh, Montreal's coming off uh, a great performance against Winnipeg, um, where they effectively like, like ran their show. Um, Toronto looked good against Winnipeg as well, but I think you kind of got to go with the trend here and say like Montreal plus one and a half. Um, that's probably where the value is. You're potentially getting that at plus money even. Um, so that's, that's something I would look at there as a, as a game bet. Absolutely. Right now, Montreal tends to give up a lot of shots to wingers. How could that potentially impact some of the betting, uh, the betting opportunities? If you're looking at the, if you're looking to put money on the lease potentially. Yeah, like you said, they, they give up a ton of shots to wingers. Um, so William Nylander um, had five shots in the first game they played uh, this year. They perpetually be giving up a ton of shots to right wingers. Um, Alex Kerfoot's kind of in the on the wing now, in the middle sometimes. Um, but where Montreal struggles is really in the depth. And when Alex Kerfoot's getting those minutes against um, teams that aren't necessarily um, as deep as Toronto is, uh, that's potentially an opportunity that we can look at. So I would look at Nylander um, for his shot prop. I would also look at Alex Kerfoot. He's usually two and a half. Um, that's something that that I would take a look at just because the matchups further down the lineup are going to be more favorable to Toronto. Listen, I will say, if you're going into this and you're putting money on Alex Kerfoot, you might want to might want to reestablish some things. Um, <laughs> but listen, you know, to each their own. Be a lot of fun. Play responsibly. Um, Mitch Marner tends to really feast against the Canadians. Uh, take us through that. Yeah, so, I mean, I think Mitch Marner kind of feasts on everybody right now. Like, he's just blazing hot, right? Um, had that crazy point streak earlier. He's got this home point streak. Um, he's got an assist in his last 7 of 10 against Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I say assist is because you can't take Marner at just over a point right now. He's, he's just putting up too many. So his lines one and a half. And I tend to kind of shy away from, from those lines, unless it's somebody in particular who we'll get to later. Um, but Marner getting an assist is something, um, that I would target. It's probably going to be around minus minus one eighty on the odds. Um, that's something 
that I would certainly look at. Um, especially, uh, you know, he's going to play on the power play. There's always a ton of power play opportunities for whatever reason when Toronto and Montreal play. Um, and that's why I have the Nylander shot prop. I also have Cole Caulfield. He's their trigger man on uh, the power play. And so him getting three plus shots in a game where there's probably going to be a ton of power plays um, is definitely not out of the question. So I'd look at uh, a Marner assist or a Marner power play point and then uh, Cole Caulfield shots because uh, he's their guy on the power play. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to another all Canadian matchup. It's the Winnipeg Jets and the Ottawa Senators. Um, the thing here too is that Ottawa is going to be uh, – they're going to be on the second half of back-to-back. They played the Penguins uh, the day before. How is that going to factor in here? Yeah, so anytime you're playing in a back-to-back, um, you're always in a tougher spot. Now, they are lucky. There's just no travel associated. Um, I believe they're playing at home against the Penguins, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is obviously being recorded prior to the Friday games. Um, but either way, anytime you're in a back-to-back and a team is coming uh, off a rest day, you're at inherent disadvantage. Winnipeg is also the better team. Um, we're not entirely sure of the goaltending. I do expect it's going to be Connor Hullabuck, though, especially after two tough games. Um, they're going to want him to to bounce back because um, they he had really tough losses in, in Montreal and in Toronto. Um, so Winnipeg minus one and a half. Uh, if you can get that at plus money, that that seems to be a pretty good spot here. Boom! All right, we're ripping through these. Let's go over to Colorado and Seattle. Two two teams who, I mean, one is at the top of the division in Seattle. One is at the top of their division. The other one is fighting for their lives. Um, take us through this, Rachel. Yeah. So Colorado uh, played Vancouver on Friday night. Uh, so they're going to be on a second half of a back to back with travel. Um, although it is a 27 minute flight from Vancouver to Seattle. So that I don't even know if that counts. That's essentially like the same thing. Um, but these two teams, they've been really high scoring of late. They haven't gone over necessarily in a ton of um, their games. It's been kind of, I would say like 70, 30, uh, which is not enough value for me to be betting the over, especially when it's likely to be set at about six and a half. Um, but one of the bets I really like in this game is both teams to score two or more goals. I think that there's some value on these bets. Um, Colorado tends to play looser on the back half of a back-to-back this year. They're two and two on the second half of back-to-backs. Um, Seattle had a seven game win streak and then they lost two. they got back to their winning ways. Um, so they're like, they look good and, and they're getting scoring from everywhere in their lineup. Like they don't have, um, just one line that's scoring whereas Colorado kind of relies on on their top guys um but I think that when you have the combination of the back-to-back and some higher octane uh with with the scoring and the shots I think you're gonna get a game where at a very minimum you're seeing five or six goals and you're probably getting a close game um because Colorado has played by the numbers a little bit better of late um so I would expect both teams to score twice and that is a bet that I would look at taking very cool. Um, it's the Buffalo Sabres and the Anaheim Ducks uh, rounding out our schedule here. Both teams tend to play high scoring, as you have, uh, as you say here. Um, what can we expect? Yeah, so I think Buffalo all season, right? They've been high scoring. They're a really entertaining team to watch, right? You and I, like Tage Thompson's oh, just been ripping it up. Dylan Cousins has come a long way. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, who we'll get to. Uh, they, they just... Buffalo is a super entertaining team to watch because they score a lot. They give up a lot. It's just a, a circus every game, it seems. And Anaheim has gone over the number in their last seven games. 
So to me, that's two teams trending. Um, Buffalo has been a tad better defensively of late, but you've got Anaheim playing in high scoring games. Anaheim's not very good. They're going to give up goals. I would expect this to be a high scoring game, probably looking at five, three, maybe even five, four. Like this is, this is a game I expect um, to be uh, very entertaining, even though it's two teams that aren't necessarily in the playoffs. They both have uh, young players who really like to kind of have some fun on the ice and, and put up great numbers. And so um, I'm looking at this game uh, to go over the number. I would probably see it's probably going to be set at six or six and a half. That's still valuable for me. I think there's probably eight or nine goals in this game. Wow. We look, we love our over games offense. Amazing. Oh, we're here for the offense. We are here for the offense. All right. Before I jump the gun, um, let's go to the shot props now, starting with Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. So we just kind of talked about how like Anaheim's not the best defensively. Neither is Buffalo. Um, Anaheim actually gives up the most shots on goal in the league to defensemen. And Rasmus Dahlin has had a ridiculous season. He's shooting the puck. He's putting up a ton of points. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic for Buffalo, really a catalyst on the back end for them. And with Anaheim struggling uh, to contain defensemen and, and their shots from the point, uh, his line's usually set at two and a half. I would look for him to go over the number here. Um, he's really found a knack this year for for getting shots through. And so for me, um, he's somebody where I think whether it's power play opportunities or he's up in the rush, um, he's going to be somebody that is going to be a, a, a point of importance for Buffalo in this game. And so I would expect him to be involved in the offense. Uh, what about one of his teammates, Dylan Cousins? Yeah. So Anaheim gives up also the most shots to centers. Um, I, I think, think Anaheim just gives up a lot of shots. Anaheim, yeah, they literally, they're just, they're bottom five in every position in terms of shot category. So you could kind of pick your poison here. Um, Tage Thompson's numbers are kind of inflated. So I tend to stay away from that. But Alex Tuck is another guy um, that I would look at. He's on the top line. He's got speed to, to burn. And um, he's a guy that's usually at the two and a half line. So is Dylan Cousins though. And Anaheim, um, doesn't have a ton of depth, obviously. Uh, they got holes everywhere. And Dylan Cousins has been really heating up of late. Um, he scored in his last game. He's shooting the puck a little bit more. He seems to be finding his confidence. And so him at two and a half shots, I really like that. He gets the second most time. He's on the second line, plays on the power play. Um, this is a really good opportunity for Dylan Cousins to kind of continue on this run of, of really positive play that he's had. And so... Um, I look for for this as a spot for Dylan Cousins to potentially uh, put up some shots on goal. Now, Rachel, let me ask you this. What about Kyle Connor? Yeah, so Ottawa, right? They're they're, they're tough. Like they're they're in tough defensively, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Yeah, it's it's not fantastic. Um Winnipeg is like, let's face it, they're a good team this year. Um Ottawa gives up a ton of shots. Um, to left wingers, Kyle Connor, left winger shoots fuck a ton. Um, just scored in his last game against Toronto. He's got good numbers versus Ottawa. So I think in a situation where Winnipeg's now um lost to Montreal and Toronto, I think they at least expected to get two points out of those games. They were probably hoping for three or four. Um, they're gonna really lean on their guys, their their top guns, Pierre Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers. Um, Mark Shifley to really be their catalyst in this game against Ottawa. And for whatever reason, I've noticed that whenever Kyle Connor um, is like 
he's performing, but the team's not, he starts shooting the puck a ton because he's trying to generate a ton of mm-hmm. scoring chances. And I think this is a spot that he's going to do that. So I look for him uh, to get three plus shots. Hey, well, look at that. All right. Now, another another potential position group here is the Philadelphia Flyers right wingers. Um, who who could potentially be in good there? Yeah, so we got a Philly versus Detroit matchup. It's almost like the Bedard Bowl at, at this point. There's the, the uh, I think there's like a Chicago one too. Or no, it's Columbus San Jose. There's another one that's happening tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Detroit, none of neither one of these teams is super stingy defensively. I think that's why they are where they are in the standings. But Detroit in particular gives up a ton of shots to right wingers. They're particularly vulnerable. And I think it's because um, their D struggle on the left side, um, shutting the speed down. Um, Owen Tippett and Travis Konechny are the two top right wingers for Philadelphia. They're both power play guys. Um, Travis Konechny has had some success against Detroit in his career. Um, and Owen Tippett has just kind of been, he's kind of become that trigger man. Um, he's got a wicked wrister. Um, and so for me, uh, with Detroit giving up the shots, both of those players skate pretty well. And so I would expect them to be able to generate shots off the rush. Um, so as, as long as they don't miss the net, um, they'll get their shot attempts. And, and so I'd expect both of them to have at least three shots. And then switching over to the Twin Cities, if you will. The Wilds seem to have a pretty hot forward who could uh, who could be in good here. Yeah, so Joel Eriksson-Eck, uh, he's got points in the last four or five games. Playing Florida, Florida is not the best this year. They're really struggling. Um, and they give up shots to centers more than any other category by a long shot. Why I like Joel Erickson Eck here is because Sam Steele's playing on the top line with Kaprizov. Um, then they got Frederick Goudreau on their second line. So he's kind of in that third line spot. He is playing um, some key minutes though. And so what I would say is he might get some favorable matchups here where he's going to be able to get some pucks on goal. And he's also, he's had a ton of shots lately. So um, between getting points in his last four or five, potentially a favorable matchup here um, and a favorable positional matchup, I think this is a great spot for him to get three shots. And if you look at teams who, you know, give up a ton of shots to defensemen, you're obviously going to be looking at, you know, who the best defenseman on their opponent's going to be. Columbus Blue Jackets, they gave up the most shots on defense. What would Eric Carlson be good for uh, in, in this matchup? Oh, I mean, I feel like you can you can kind of put that in the bank almost. Eric Carlson, whenever he plays teams that seem to give up a lot of shots to defensemen, it means they're particularly vulnerable um, in how they defend the points. And Eric Carlson really has a knack for, for getting shots through, and he's he's pretty accurate with it. So against Columbus, um, like you pointed out, who who gives up like a lot of shots to defense, um, he's a guy that I would target. He's a guy who I expect will probably shoot a little bit more on the power play in this game. Um, he will probably find himself switching and, and doing some flank work as well. Um, and then you've got him off the rush, and he's always dangerous off the rush. Obviously, Columbus is without Zach Wierenski, uh, who's their top defenseman. They've had some issues defending the rush this year, and so um, I think Eric Carlson is in a really good spot here to to put up quite a few shots and probably a point or two as well. Let's talk about some unders here because we talked a lot about overs. Let's talk about some unders, uh, starting with uh, Bailey. Yeah, so Josh Bailey, um, the Islanders are playing the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes give up the least shots to pretty much everybody like they're in the top three in terms of shot suppression at every single position um they routinely are out shooting teams are routinely under 27 shots a game against so 
for me, this is a great spot for unders. I'm looking at Josh Bailey. Uh, Carolina gives up like less than four shots a game to um, the top line left wingers. And Josh Bailey, it has not been shooting much of late. Like I think he has one shot in like each of his last five games, with maybe a two shot in there. Like he, he really hasn't been shooting a ton of late. Um, It's gone to more his line mates. He's not getting the same power play time that uh, he used to earlier in his career. So the number here, uh, two and a half, I look uh, for him to go under just when you combine uh, Carolina's shot suppression. And then you got the fact that they match up really well. You've, he's probably going to be drawing the Jacob Slavin, uh, Brett Pesci pair. And that's one of the best shot suppression pairs in the league. So that's, that's a spot that I look for, for uh, an under. And we also have another uh, sort of matchup where one of the teams is very stingy towards centerman. Uh, what about Ryan Johansson here? Yeah, so we've got Nashville, LA. Um, I actually think this is going to be a sneaky good game because I think Soros is going to be able to hold Nashville in there. Um, but LA has really improved their defensive game this year. Um, and so they don't give a ton up to the centers and, and, Nashville's got Yuso Parsonen, who's kind of playing on the top line, but they got Ryan Johansson, who's kind of flip-flopping between second and third line center. Um, he doesn't seem to shoot the puck a lot. He has become much more of a distributor this season. Uh, you can see that in his shot totals, um, in his point totals. And so this is a number where I look at it and say, okay, LA doesn't really give up the middle of the ice too often. Johansson's probably going to be the guy that carries the puck and dishes it so that uh, his line mates can can get shots in open space on the flank. So I look for him to be under two and a half shots against LA. Very cool. All right now, let's round this out with some point props. Shall we start with Tage Thompson? Yeah, I mean, Tage Thompson, like this is, he, he's playing Anaheim and they don't give up a ton, like, or sorry, they give up a ton um, in the middle of the ice. That's where Tage Thompson seems to have made his living this season um he's also he, like a huge body to deal with anaheim's not necessarily that big on the back end i think they're gonna really struggle to not only deal with tage thompson's speed but also deal with his size down low um and like we said earlier i expect this to be a high scoring game so i'm gonna take him over a point and a half i think he gets two or three points tonight um and it's definitely a spot where when he's playing with jeff skinner and alex tuck i think that line has some some potential to do some serious damage Wow, interesting. All right, what about Nikita Kucherov? Yeah, so Nikita Kucherov, depending on um, where you're looking for odds, he's either at over uh, one point, and that's usually like in the minus 200s. That doesn't have a lot of value. Um, or he's a point and a half, and he's plus money. I don't necessarily love that either. But one thing I do like is him to get an assist. He's got one or more assists in his last five of six games. And so I think that's a spot where you're not going to get the odds as juice because everybody thinks of him as the primary shooter first. But on the power play, I mean, Victor Hedman scores, Braden Point scores, Steven Stamkos scores. Eventually, Nikita Kucherov is going to get an assist. Um, Calgary has been stingy defensively, but we're talking about one of the best teams in the league right now. And so I think Nikita Kucherov, um, if you're looking for some value and, and maybe not some overinflated numbers, him to get an assist uh, is, is a good spot to look. We've already talked about this team, but it could be another interesting point prop here is Nikolai Ehlers. Yeah, so Nikolai Ehlers has only played 10 games this year. Uh, he missed a huge part of the season with injury. But, Mike, he's got points in eight of the 10 games that he's played, and he's got 13 points this year, including points in four of his last five. The only um, night he didn't get a point was uh, last game against Toronto. So he's been hot of late. Um, he's somebody 
where I think Ottawa is going to have a, a really tough time dealing with him. We expect Kyle Connor to shoot the puck. They're on a line together. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised to see um, Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers combine here um, to put up a couple of points, maybe each, uh, but a Nikolai Ehlers point right now seems to have some value on it. And so uh, against Ottawa, where I expect Winnipeg to have a huge bounce back game, he's a guy that I'm looking at. Very cool. All right. And then someone who also showed up in our, uh, in our shot props now is in our point props. It's Travis connecting. Yeah. So he's got points in three straight games. Um, he is, has performed lately well against Detroit. Obviously these games are, are from last season, but you still kind of got to look at some guys just like to play other teams. Um, and so Travis connecting seems to be one of the hotter players for Philadelphia coming into this. Like we went over earlier, they give a ton of opportunities up to right wingers. I think that there's neither an opportunity for Travis Konechny to score off the rush or something from a shot is going to generate a rebound opportunity and then he maybe gets an assist. So I think Travis Konechny getting a point here uh, with the power play time that he gets and the top line minutes um, that he's getting, depending on how much he plays versus Owen Tippett, um, he's in a good spot to get a point here. Detroit seems to struggle defending um, against... Uh, the rush, and so I think that this is this is a good spot for him. And then when it pops, really in in in, in the NHL, you can't really go uh, you can't really go worse than potentially the best offensive player one in, in arguably league history, Connor McDavid. Yeah. So here's the deal: Vancouver is on a back to back, which is immediately a problem. Connor McDavid feasts against teams that are playing in the second half of a back to back. Let's face it, Connor McDavid feasts against teams when they're at their best. And so for me, Connor McDavid over one and a half points. Um, I got to tell you, Mike, I pretty much take this every single night because it's it's really hard not to. He gets two points more often than he gets one. Um, and with Vancouver being a very poor defensive team um on the second half of a back-to-back this just seems like a spot where um he he can really put up some points um now having said that go figure this is now that i've said this he's probably gonna put up none so who knows but i i think at this point the numbers and the trends suggest that he's probably putting up two or three points in this game um and, and that's like i said it's a bet i'm taking all day all right, and then we got one of the more underrated defensemen of, of uh, I would guess, this season on a team that has really become one of the more underrated teams this season. It's Vince Dunn of the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, so we talked about Seattle being pretty red hot, like winning, I think, 8 of 10. Uh, Vince Dunn's been a catalyst for that. So he is putting up insane point totals compared to uh, his previous years. Uh, he's really the catalyst on the back end for them now, and he's – the thing with Vince Dunn is he's really good at making that first pass and Seattle scoring off the rush, but he's also good in zone. He's got really good footwork. He can get um, himself to the middle, open up shot lanes. He's getting shots through, which are either scoring or creating rebounds. Um, a lot of books still have him at plus money to get a point. This is like another one of those auto bets for me. If I see Vince Dunn at plus money to get a point right now, I'm taking him. Like I, I think that he is one of those guys that that is kind of oft forgot about. Um, even if he's minus 120, like it, I think it's still um, a good bet, especially with Colorado on the back half of a back-to-back. All right, and then going back to one of the Bedard Bulls we were talking about on the other side now, it's Dylan Larkin of the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, uh, so Dylan Larkin has been a top player for Detroit this year. Uh, he is in a contract year, so he's getting a little bit of that contract year. Uh, I don't know if it's a bump per se, but you just always notice. Um, he's got points in six straight games coming into this one. So he's red hot right now. 
Um, and I'd look at him in a, in a game where neither team is very good defensively. I'd look at him to uh, to put up at least a point, um, and and potentially even more. He's kind of their go-to guy, whether it's even strength or on the power play. And so for me, um, in a game that I think is going to be high scoring, I always like to look for the go-to guys. Very cool. All right. And then to, to round this all out here, we have one of the best goal scorers in the league this year, Jason Robertson. Yeah. So Jason Robertson, um, this is usually, I, I don't like to take any time goal scorer props or, or anything like that, but I was looking at his splits. And in this case, I actually think they're quite relevant. So he's got 18 goals and 35 points this year in 20 home games. He's got 18 goals in 20 home games. He struggles to score on the road. They're playing Arizona and they're playing at home. And so if you could tell me that I've got a player that's averaging almost a goal a game at home playing against one of the worst teams in the league, that's something where I could see, like usually you're getting Jason Robertson plus 120, plus 130 as an anytime goal scorer. That's a number I'd be taking here. Um, yes, goal scorers are tough to take, um, but I think in this situation, you look at the trend over the entire season, 20 games is a pretty big sample size for a season. And for him to have um, the, the goal scoring prowess at home that he does against Arizona, who's really in tough, um, he's somebody who I think uh, is probably going to score tonight. All right, cool. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the, the hockey news action show uh, presented by Ben MGM. Use Ben MGM for all your betting needs. And if you'd like to listen to past episodes of this podcast or any of the other lovely podcasts on uh, uh, sponsored by the hockey news, go to thehockeynews.com slash podcast. Rachel, it was great. Thank you for doing this. And we'll be back uh, next week to tee up another slate of games. We will. We'll see you then.